Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pick and Play Podcast. Today we're going to be breaking down the upcoming NFL slate, games to keep an eye on, uh, what angles we're going to be looking at, uh, what's the important battles, and then really uh, who we think is going to win. Um, so we're going to be taking a jump around the NFL. A couple games that stick out with us, starting with a Thursday night football game. Uh, going to hit a little bit. Um, uh, some 1-1 one, one teams maybe hanging on, flipping to 2-0. and oh. And always to break down the NFL in any sport that we cover, Leo, how you doing? I'm a little tired today. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I'm a little tired, but I brought the energy. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to look at this week three. I'm excited. Yeah, you know what's weird? It is a dragging Wednesday. I- I'm wondering if it has to do with anything. Uh, there's a lot of sports kind of going late. Um, I mean, you had the Lakers last night. Uh, you know, Monday yeah, Night Football. Late it's been it's been kind of late back to back for me um, as well. I was today. I was just like, man, at work, I was just dragging, uh, and I was kind of looking forward to getting off at five o'clock and jump into this pod with you. Uh, and let's talk about a team that is fired up. Uh, and doesn't really ever seem to lack energy, uh, the Gardner Minshew Jaguars are going to take on the Miami Dolphins this Thursday. Uh, Minshew gave you a scare last week, right? I mean, what do you expect from them? I never thought that Gardner Minshew was really going to put fear in my heart, but he put fear in my heart last week. He He had pinpoint accuracy. And I remember in the off-season pod, I gave you shit for boosting up Gardner Minshew because I said that he wasn't making any difficult throws. You know, everything seemed pretty dink and dunk to me. But that's not how it looks this year. He's been throwing late. All right, I'm going to... That I have my eye on, not for the playoffs, but, uh, you know, they're just a team to watch, I think. Yeah, look, I, I, I reviewed this tape. Um... Uh, of the game with him and and honestly I really think that he's on point man I mean he looks like he's sharp in the pocket decisive Uh, he's turning the weapons around the players around him into weapons these aren't just um, it's not like he has big name players to throw to Jay Gruden has taken over that offense and really done a great job with the passing game. Uh, it's got to be something in the Gruden's DNA. They really do know how to lock on to uh, that passing game. Uh, as we saw the Raiders topple New Orleans earlier. Um, the Jaguars, I-, I think they can pose not a, they're not going to knock anybody off, but they have that, they have a chance to be feisty in the wild card. And if eight and eight somehow gets you in, I think they could, I think they could be that team. Uh, on the other side, Miami, uh, yikes of uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's looked terrible in the last two games. They're, do- they're, the Dolphins defense looks like a complete sieve and it is leaking points to everyone at an alarming clip. Um, the Jaguars are only minus three in this game, which I can't seem to figure out. Uh, any reason you'd think Miami might be able to jump up and, and and take out the Jaguars? And I know I hate to talk to the Jaguars like some team that can't be overthrown, but... <laughs> right, that's crazy, right? It's crazy, right? Uh, I don't really... I don't know, honestly. I, with Miami, I'm not really a big believer. My only interest in Miami at this point right now is to a watch. 
I'm really just curious to see how long they ride Fitzpatrick before they throw Tua in. I saw about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago now at this point, Tua was taken off the injury report completely. Flores said that he is 100%, well, maybe not 100%, but he is healthy enough to be taken off of the injury report. So I would think the clock is ticking at this point. Uh, but for this game, I, I don't really, I like Jacksonville. Honestly, I, Miami hasn't really shown me anything on the offensive side of the ball to get me excited. They also haven't really gotten any stops. So I'm going to go with the team that's hot on offense over the team that's cold on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I think that uh, this uh, minus three is a little bit of an oversight. Um, I also like the over in this game, honestly, when I come down to bet it. Uh, over 48, two teams without a defense. I think the Dolphins will score at least 20. Um, and I think that the Jaguars could could legitimately put 30 points up. Uh, Gardner Minshew so far on the year, he's 49 for 65 with 500 yards and six touchdowns. Um, so he's throwing three a game. They ha- he has two interceptions. They run the ball for about 250 yards. So this is a team that's produced offense across the board. Um, and, and while their defense has given up a lot of big plays, uh, they do have some pieces. I, I, I really think that when you look at this team, the Jaguars, if they end up going like 6-10, and 10, I think that's encouraging for, uh, for the future. Uh, for this game, though, um, I think that you stick on the Jaguars, stick with the over, and you just beat up on the Dolphins and move on. The, uh, the player that I'm really interested in in this matchup and probably the only reason that I'm going to be interested in watching this matchup, the undrafted running back that they have, James yeah. Robinson, yeah. he looks pretty good, and he looked really good against Tennessee last week. And so if they can hit on a six-round quarterback and an undrafted running back, you kind of got to tip your hat to him. Yeah. Yep. So moving on to the next matchup that we're going to preview here today, I have Titans-Vikings, and I have this matchup for two reasons. The two reasons being, first, I am a Titans fan, so I'm always (laughs) the most interested in the Titans matchup for the week, but not only that, the Minnesota Vikings were my panic button team on our week two review that we did earlier this week, and so uh, if you listen to that pod, you heard me say that if the Vikings go 0-3, yeah. It's not looking so good for them in a division where the Packers are already 2-0 and and even the Bears come out with 2-0. and So you you go to 0-3, that's a massive hole to climb out of. We might be able to fade them at that point. So they have desperation on their side. On the flip side, the Titans are 2-0 and with two very close victories that both almost gave me heart attacks. So in this matchup, I'm really looking to see who the true identities of these teams are. The Titans as good as 2-0? and or are the Vikings that bad? Uh, you know, there's a lot of questions that I think are going to be answered in this matchup. Uh, from the Titans' perspective, I, I really want to see Derrick Henry get going. The Vikings' defense has allowed the second most, I believe, points in the NFL to this point uh, through two weeks. So they're giving up massive amounts of yards. They're giving up points. I want to see Derrick Henry get it going this week. It's been a rough two weeks for him so far, but I think it's, it's time for him to get going, and that's what I'm looking for. I'll be honest, I don't see a way that the Vikings compete. Uh, They lost Anthony Barr, which was pretty much the heart and soul of their defense. And this was not a team that's offensively charged. So we're basically looking at a scenario where the the leader of your team goes down. You're already 0-2. 
I don't know if Kirk Cousins can rally the troops to a better performance. The offensive line is a sieve. The defense is a sieve. It is just a leaky team that doesn't look good. Look, they were desperate last week because 0-2, I don't don't see how... um, you know, when you go into the situation, you say, oh, man, we, we're we okay being 0-2, but we're desperate at 0-3. You're desperate at 0-2. Like, you're desperate going into that scenario. So, I, I, I don't know if you'll get any more fire out of them after a whole slew of injuries hit that team. Kirk Cousins is underperforming. The line is not helping him in any way. Uh, Gary Kubiak seems to be stalling with how their offense can work. They still have some weapons. It's it's somewhat unacceptable for them to be performing this way offensively, but it, it kind of is what it is. And I look at Tennessee, and I don't I don't see them right for an upset. I think Tennessee is a very even keel team, and you get a lot of the same week in and week out. It's very lunch pail. So I, I think that this is an opportunity where where Tennessee will just walk through the Vikings, and we kind of call the Vikings season dead. I think that's what we're going to get in week three. Uh, just the continuation of what we saw from both teams. Titans, Tannehill looked great last week. Really, really looked good. So uh, I, I don't think that's a fluke. I think that's what you're going to get. So in my opinion, uh, I, I'm, I'm rooting for the Titans in this game. Uh, I think they'll cover their spread easily. I think the matchup or a big matchup to watch is going to be the Titans pass rush versus the Vikings offensive line. Uh, through the first two games, the Titans haven't really done a good job sacking the quarterback, but they have done a fairly decent job pressuring the quarterback. So, you know, against Gardner Minshew and uh, against Drew Locke, both of those quarterbacks, you know, they got young legs. They they were good with the rollout. They were good at avoiding pressure and getting away from those sacks. Kirk Cousins is not that. So I want to see if this is the, the, the matchup where the Titans pass rush can get going a little bit because, you know, although they have been getting into the backfield, they haven't done a great job getting to the quarterback so far. Yeah, and, and no energy is not going to help them out. Right, right. So uh, that's going to be an interesting one. I like the Titans as well. What would you say the spread was on that game? Uh, the Vikings are minus two and a half, so three. You know, I, I've... I'm going to tell you this. I've already jumped on a lot of these lines because I don't want them to move. I already took the. I, I already have this at Titans minus two and a half. Um, I'm worried it'll get to three. Uh, I want to stay below that number. You know, I, like we talked about last week, there's some bands of numbers that don't really matter, and then there's some that I like to jump on. Um, so anything under that three threshold, a, a field goal at the end, which is how the Viking, uh, the, the Tennessee Titans can win their games. It, it could be. It could be a field goal if I can get under that bit, and that's where I'm at. Uh, I like it. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to my second matchup here. This one is going to be a shootout. Oh, the, the Overbowl. Seahawks versus the Dallas Cowboys. The Overbowl. <laughs> the Overbowl. Neither of these teams have played much defense through two weeks. The Seahawks have the worst pass defense in the NFL. Uh, the Cowboys haven't been able to rush the passer and thus have been given up a lot of yards as well. I expect this score to be somewhere in the 30s. I'm not really sure what I'm expecting from these two teams because I, I don't really know who Dallas is at this point. I think that they lost to a good Rams team in game one, and they squeaked out what I'm going to call a lucky win in week two. So at this point, I'm not really sure sure who they are. I am sure who the Seahawks are, though. Yep. They're Russell Wilson. They're Chris Carson. They're DK Metcalf. They're Tyler Lockett. And... 
it points. Points is what's coming from Seattle. So it's going to be interesting to see if Dallas can hold up or if Dallas can even bug Russell Wilson because they haven't done a good job rushing the passer thus far. And if you give Russell Wilson time to cook, he's going to serve you up a few touchdowns. Yeah, watch out because honestly, I really think think this is going to be a big shootout. I think Dallas did find out who they are at the end of last week. Um, it was. It came down to this. It was put up or shut up time. I know there's a lot of talk about the Falcons having to collapse to give up that kind of uh, score, and you do. But you also have to execute and put up 40 and a half. So you did that, and you did that by kind of letting Dak be Dak. Uh, it's not so much the Ezekiel Elliott show. It needs to be the Dak Prescott show. That's how they were successful. Zeke's there to pound the game away. Dak is there to get you up big and then always provide that dual threat of, we have Zeke, but I can throw on you. And once your team establishes that, it ascends to a top tier. They are capable. I think that on the other side, the Seahawks are just as capable and have seemed to found that formula, thank God, going into the season. Um, and, and, and we've seen Russell Wilson completely unleashed. I think this over, this over is 55 and Seattle's minus 5. I like the Cowboys plus five, and I but I, I like the over again. I've loved the overs. Um, one quick side note: the NFL has called less penalties this year than pretty much ever before, uh, and what that normally does is benefits the offense because it means there's less holding, which buys quarterbacks more time prevent sacks and lets plays develop so offenses are able to push the ball downfield so you're seeing that i think it was 186 penalties through two weeks which is like 50 less than the like the next lowest year ever so uh it is a dramatic drop and and you can feel it in games the flow of games seem to be better they some of them wrap up quicker uh they are calling offensive pi that's kind of the counter we're going to give your quarterbacks a little more time uh but on the other side we're not going to let your wide receivers kind of mug dbs like they have in the past which we've talked about which side of the coin we're on but that's going to benefit you letting your quarterback throw cowboys seahawks I expect a, a gunfight. I'd like the Cowboys plus the points. I'll say this. This could be the Cowboys coming out party after a slow start to the season against a team that turns out may not be that bad in the Rams anyway. Let me ask you this about the Seahawks. So far, they are the worst pass defense in the NFL by yardage. They've given up by far the most yards through the air yeah. in the league. If they remain a bottom, let's call it bottom five, pass defense but Russell Wilson and this offense keep it going can they find success anyway yes we've seen team team we've seen teams turn it on in the playoffs uh there have been times in the past uh where uh, Colts teams for instance have been horrible in the regular season and come together uh the truth is the Ravens Super Bowl in 2012 our defense was pretty bad all year long, uh, but it did manage to string some games together. Your defense can turn it around for you. And look, sometimes you don't need a defense that keeps the team under 28. Uh, as we saw on Sunday night, uh, the Seahawks defense came up for one big play basically all game. Well, they had a pick, and then they had that. And that was enough. Now, uh, the thing that I think really is going to hurt the Seahawks is right now they are letting Russ cook. Um, but you you can't uh, you can't go away from your run game 
like they did. Um, they were the third and one in the Seattle game where they decide not to run it on third and one. They throw deep, which was kind of an irrelevant play. That can't happen. That, so with, when I look at the Seahawks, I go, the offense can take them all the way through the Super Bowl. The defense is going to have to make small plays here and or big plays here and there. So uh, not consistently good. Uh, but the offense then needs to help the defense by going, we're not going to put you in a position. We're going to put you as few positions as possible that you're on the field where you need to make a big play. If the offense can hold on to the ball, it's going to have to. Um, the Cowboys are going to need to learn that lesson. They just seem to be a little bit behind the Seahawks. But I think these are two talented teams that we could see meet up in the playoffs again. Right. I'm very excited about this matchup. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm pretty thrilled. Uh, I, I, this is uh, the Cowboys kind of, for me, look like the one team that could make it out of the NFC East. That would be, I would be excited to watch in the playoffs. I mean, right now the Giants are reeling the Washington football team, kind of puke. And then you've, you've got the Eagles who Carson Wentz, I'll tell you this right now, they're rewatching the games. No one's playing quarterback worse than Carson Wentz. No one is. It's terrible. That that guy, I don't know what happened. He's got happy feet. He looks like a rookie. It's crazy. Uh, we He's capable of turning it around, and as soon as he turns it around, that team's going to start winning, but he looks lost. It's nuts. All right, let's take a trip through a couple of the two. Well, we're going to cover all of the 2-0 and o matchups. We actually get a few. Uh, and um, one of those 2-0 and o teams is led by the current yardage passing leader in the NFL, Josh Allen. And he is going up against Jared Goff and the LA Rams. Uh, somebody, you know, Leo, you, you kind of flagged me down the runway today on Twitter, uh, and someone jumped on me for the bill for Josh Allen take. <laughs> as soon as I saw that you were catching some Josh Allen slander, I had to tag you. Yeah, and here's the thing. I don't care. Um, I've seen two seasons of him. I will admit this. He is throwing a much crisper ball than he has in the past. But he has faced zero real adversity. He has three fumbles on the year, two lost. Uh, He needs to tighten that up. I'm still not seeing great decision making. He plays the Rams this week. A big part of... And I don't... I will change my view if the data presents itself, period. Uh, I am in this to win money, and with that, I have to abandon my stance if the data is overwhelming. But two games ain't shit. People thought Mitchell Trubisky should be going into an MVP year. Uh, You know, and that was after 16 games. People thought that. You you can see great things in a player for two, three games, and and it go away. Ryan Fitzpatrick, was it last year Ryan Fitzpatrick had something like two back-to-back 500-yard games? Do you remember that? Yeah, down the stretch he was on fire. So it can happen. And when you play Miami, and let's be honest, Miami's bad. The Jets, though, the Jets are a special bad. They might be like an all-time bad. They lost to backups by 20. (laughs) Those are the two teams you've played. So this weekend, the Rams, the Bills... What are your thoughts? Um, honestly, I, I'm taking a wait-and-see approach with this. I am a believer in the Rams, and I'm on the fence about the Bills. Uh, with Josh Allen, I, I 
like you say, I, I would like to see it against some tougher competition, but I'm willing to give him a little more credit than you are, and I, I like what I see so far. Yeah. You can and only play yes, who you're scheduled against. I, I, can't, I can't get on you saying you haven't played anybody. You play your schedule, right? I'm not getting on that piece. What I'm saying is I'm going to withhold judgment till you play better competition. But you play who you play, you know? Right, exactly. So, I mean, at this point, there's I can't slander him because he's taken his schedule and he's performed. So, uh, I think the Josh Allen thing is going to be something that we're not going to really be able to speak on until this season is over. You know, I need to see it all the way through 16 games and I need to see how their season ends. But, so far, so good. I mean, we, we can't really shit on him at this point. Well, I'm going to wait one game and then I'm going to shit on him again. Uh there are two games. I'm actually, the one thing I'm worried about the Bills in this game, I'm worried about their defense. Uh, truthfully, giving up 28 against Miami was a little alarming. Uh, it's only a one-score game you beat Miami by. It kind of shows the feistiness of Miami, but um, you, you kind of have to beat them. I think you got to put them down. <laughs> and the New York Jets, you do give up 17. We saw a lifeless Jets team the week after put in 12 against basically backups. So I'm not really sure if their defense is great. Uh, that's a that's a lot of points given up. Um, they What's also, the spread look like here? Uh, the spread is uh, Rams getting two and a half, so Bills minus two and a half. That that wonderful two and a half. Um, I but think I like Rams honestly. I like the over. I love the overs and all these. I think it's a huge blind spot. When I look at over forty seven, um, they covered over forty seven last week with uh, Miami. And they they almost covered it with the Jets. I, I think this is the best team they're going to play against. Uh, and I think their offense is capable of putting up 21 to 25 points. But I think the Rams can too. So I really think that the over 47 here is a good spot. If I had to pick a spread, I'm going to take the Rams and the points. Uh, but, you know, I might be a little biased. So, you know, one thing about Josh Allen before we move on, yep. I remember during the summer us talking about how with John Brown and Stephon Diggs, he has two very good deep ball weapons, but that he just wasn't good at delivering the deep ball. Yeah. The stats that I've seen, and I wish that I had saved them to present the exact stats, but it looks like his deep ball accuracy has been on improved. I won't say on point. It's been improved this season. And if it remains improved, then I don't see any reason why the Bills shouldn't be able to put up a bunch of points every week. Because they, you know, they have, with Singletary and Moss, they have an alright running game, but that's supplemented by Allen. If he's going to be hitting these deep shots to John Brown and Stephon Diggs consistently, then I think they're scarier than we anticipated them being. Yeah, they're, if the offense, so their next four is a bit of a doozy. Um, they are going to, I put it on Twitter, they play the Rams, they play Vegas, they play Tennessee, and they play Kansas City. Currently, those four teams are all 2-0. and Yeesh. They're about to go through the gauntlet then. Yes. So, I think we're going to learn a couple things. Uh, that Vegas team, that Tennessee team, Kansas City... And the Rams. The, I believe all these teams are, are going to be vying for... They're going to have all winning records, and they're all going to be in the playoff hunt. So you got to beat two of these teams to say that you're at least in the hunt. And you at least, if you beat two of these teams, you're in the playoffs. 
You, lose, you go two and two, though, you really haven't stomped out your corner of the universe. Three and one, you're really going to tell people you've arrived. Because the problem is you still haven't played New England. So at the end of their season, they're going to run into a stretch of playing New England, Seattle, and Arizona in a row as well. The Josh Allen MVP train, or however good Josh Allen is, it's safer to just sit back and go, you're going to play the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Titans, the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Cardinals. By then it could be the Chargers with uh, Justin Herbert. San Francisco's a shell themselves. And then Pittsburgh. You, 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 you've got, we got eight weeks to take a seat on the Bills, and we could be looking back going, that was a, a high point after week two. Oh, well, of course it was. They played Miami and New York football Jets. So, <laughs> Right. Hey, the, for my sake, I'm at this point I'm rooting for Josh Allen just so that my boy, what was my boy's name? I don't know. Uh, I Robert Wood. Yeah. I, I want my boy Robert Wood to hit you with that heat every week. That's fine. He's a Blue Jays fan, which also we're not going to get along because I'm an Oreo fan, uh, but that's whatever. All right, let's <laughs> let's take a flip over to another one of the 2-0 teams. Uh, more fraudulent one. I'm not going to spend a whole lot on team. The Bears are 2-0, and they're going to play the Falcons. I like the Falcons. I don't I, care what the Bears record is. I like the Falcons, too. Um, again, though, I'm in love with the over. <laughs> I can't, I'm going to tell you what. I might parlay like nine overs together, which you know I've been winning, so there's probably good reason. I think the Bears are capable of scoring a, ton, a, a good bit of points, and I really think the Falcons' offense, man, is Falcons offense is on fire. That defense is terrible. <laughs> I think that defense is terrible. Ooh. Oh, no, it is. I yeah. believe they have given up the most points in the NFL so yeah. far. Oh, man. It's Verify, just... yes, that is correct. So, look, you want a fantasy option? Just go put in some Bears because Atlanta's defense can't stop anybody. That includes bad quarterbacks. They just can't stop anyone. Doesn't matter who you are, you're going to go into Atlanta and you're going to throw the ball around. Now it has been, it has been Russell Wilson, has been Dak Prescott, but and it's a big decline. But they also those teams scored seventy, <laughs> like you know seventy combined points. We only need fifty for this. So uh, Bears Falcons, I got the Falcons minus three, and I'll take the forty-seven and a half over. I like those as well, especially the over. The over might be safe in every Atlanta game this year. Yeah, I, I think it is. Uh, so let's flip over now. Texans-Steelers. This is interesting. Nobody in the NFL got a worse draw than the Houston Texans. Nobody. It's a tough start to the season you, for them. So, okay, okay. This is great. You're sitting you're sitting in your office. You're, you're Bill O'Brien, right? Okay, you just make these, these shitty off-season trades, and you're sitting there going, man, you know, we got to get a fast start. We got to get a fast start so we can put all this rhetoric behind us, right? We got to put all that talk. Okay, okay, okay. Now, oh, look, um, uh, an email from the league. Let me... Let me pull that thing up real quick. Okay, let's see. Who are we going to play week one? Okay, week one. Ah, fuck. We play Kansas City week one? Okay, well, you know, we'll bounce back. Oh, we play Baltimore week two? Oh, that's bullshit. Okay, that's fine. Who do we... Week three, Pittsburgh. What did we do wrong? Like, you go... (laughs) And then you go, go, okay, we'll see at the time when you open this, you're going to go Minnesota. And you're like, fuck me. Now, Minnesota, you're like, that's great. We'll get Minnesota out of the way. But then you go Jacksonville, Tennessee, Green Bay. You're like, what is this? There isn't a, it's a murderer's row until your bye week. 
They could be one in seven on their bye week, and you go, well, they only lost to one team with a, you know, they, they beat the only team with a losing record. They could be facing five teams with winning records and lose to all of them. The, the Texans are in such a bad spot, and they go up against the Steelers, who have, uh, really, they have a great pass rush, but their back end of their defense has been a little worrisome to me. I don't understand how you let Jeff Driscoll shoot his way back into a game. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little too close to the Steelers at times. What did you take away from this? And I'm probably a little too close to the Texans. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's funny. And, you know, as a Titans fan, I'm loving the Texans' schedule. Yeah, yeah. Rack up the losses because they've consistently, over the last couple years, been the division winner. Uh, The the Indy has slid in there a couple times, but for the most part over the last couple years, it's been the Texans. So as a Titans fan, I'm smiling watching them start off 0-2 with a hellish schedule to to continue the season. Yeah. in this game, I'm not really sure what to think because I don't think the Texans can really score points right now. Do you? I mean, I know that they have one of the best young quarterbacks in the league, but this offense looks like shit through two games. Yeah, now look, game one, you're going to play Kansas City coming out basically their opening day. It's their prom night. Everyone's full of testosterone. Somebody's getting fucked. It just happened to be you. That Now you run into the Ravens who have a top three defense, and go, we have corners for days. Top, what do you want, Marlon Humphrey? What do you want, Marcus Peters? Like, your your top two wide receivers, they're going to have tough fucking days all day. So you deal with both of them, and you go, finally, finally, we got through that. Who do we have? The Pittsburgh Steelers have the best four down rushers, period. They have the best they can get pressure with four in creative ways, but they can just send four and wreck your shit. The Ravens, and Deshaun Watson's already been getting his ass whooped through two games. That is going to be the whole story of this game. If they can play an up-tempo, quick-throw offense, the Steelers have been susceptible in their secondary. The other thing with the Steelers is they really, again, there are a lot of teams that haven't played anybody. They beat the Denver Broncos by five in a game that Denver was never really out of. And the biggest problem with that is Denver was without Cortland Sutton, uh, uh, their quarterback Drew Locke, and they still were, and Philip Lindsay, and they were still able to put you know 21 points on the board and keep it close. The Denver defense isn't that great. They, they, they give up 16 to the Giants. They only score 26. Again, I'm, I'm worried about the top end of that offense. Uh, I think Houston's going to be their biggest test. Uh, right now, the line is, I believe it's Houston plus five. Where'd that game go? Uh, Houston plus four. I actually like Houston plus four. When we talk about being 0-2, I don't think that the Texans are going to play uh, I think the Texans played as hard as they could last week. I think you're going to get that same effort. Um, but I think the Ravens are just really fucking good, and they're going to put a lot of people in a body bag. So I think the Texans can keep it closer. I want to put stock in the fact that the Texans have the worst point differential in the AFC so far. Yeah. But like you say, when you start off your season against Kansas City and then follow that up with Baltimore, which could be the best two teams in the league when it's all said and done, it's hard to get a gauge on them. You know, like yeah. Are they as bad as they have looked, or has their competition just been elite? Their competition's think, really been elite. Right. 
We're going to find out this week. Yeah, I think that Houston's going to have a chance to start to get back into things a little bit. But really, you know, I just want to say that when we talk about the teams they're playing, you know, this is back. They just went up against the last two MVPs, so it 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 was it was like exceptionally fucked what they had to deal with. Uh, and then no home crowd to dissolve anything or give you any type of boost. Just bat, just bat away. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers again worried about the offense. Uh, okay. I think if I have any Texans fantasy players, I'm probably benching them this week. Yeah, I agree That's- with that. I, I would bench them. I would really kind of. This is one over I don't like. Uh, so um, I'll be taking the four because it gets me over three. Okay. This team I'm excited about. And on Monday night, they showed everyone really how to beat the Saints. The Raiders Ooh. are 2 and 0. Okay. Going up against the New England Patriots. I love it. I think I'll tell you what. Oakland is a really good quarterback away from having a crazy offense. Derek Carr checks the ball down while Henry Ruggs is screeching down the field open. It's some crazy shit, but they still whip you through the air they have weapons and weapons and weapons it is the craziest shit and the new england patriots are coming off a loss the spread is six the over under is 47 and a half who do you have in this i like the patriots i and maybe this is my bias I don't know about the Raiders still. I know they're 2-0. I know the offense looks great. They put up 30-plus points back-to-back weeks. I'm still skeptical because I don't think that that Saints team is the Saints team that we know. And so... Is this Patriots team the Patriots team you know? I'm sorry? You said the Saints aren't the team everyone thinks they are. Is New England? I think so. Okay. I haven't seen anything from New England that suggests that they're going to regress as the season moves on. I think that that read option offense, the you know Cam taking the ball, rushing ten plus times a game. As long as Cam stays upright and healthy, I don't think that that's changing. And if Cam is healthy, then I don't think that the Patriots are. I don't think it's fool's gold what we've gotten from the Patriots so far. With Las Vegas, I'm not sure if it's fool's gold or not because I don't believe in the quarterback. Yep, I don't either. I love John Gruden's offense, and I'll tell you this, I'm taking the Raiders and I'm taking the six. I'm not impressed with Patriots' defense in any way. I think their linebackers are slow. I think they have Chase Winovich, who's doing a ton for that defense, but if you, the longer we get into the season and the more coaches realize that they can scheme him out of it because there's no one else that's really going to threaten you, it, it really allows, and, and obviously scheming someone out of it defensively I'm not saying they're going to lock them out. What I'm saying is you can lessen their impact. You, great players can make great plays. That that can beat coaching. But you can scheme them so they're not just ruining your day. Uh, the Raiders have so many weapons. And the strengths of the Patriots is their back end and their secondary, where the Raiders are going to eat all day long is the middle of the field. Short, they're going to put Darren Waller on a linebacker, and you're, they're going to say, good luck. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Gilmore filter over to Waller. The problem is if they do that, Henry Ruggs is the fastest man on the field, and if Derek Carr does finally look downfield, he's going to have him two or three times. 
Uh, I think that this is, uh, I'm not quite ready to take the over 47, but I do like the Raiders plus six. See, my thing is, I understand what you're saying about the Patriots' defense, but Oakland's defense isn't any better. No. They give up 30 points to Teddy Bridgewater, and then they give up 24 points to the Saints with Drew Brees really only looking to throw the ball eight yards down the field. Yep. You know, in this matchup, this is another one of those wait and sees for me. Uh, I like the Patriots. I'm not sure if I'm going to be betting this one. I might just wait and see how this one plays out, but... Neither defense has been impressive, so then it comes down to which offense do I trust more, and I think I'm going to lean Patriots here. Yep, I like the six for that reason. Uh, I think the offenses will do some silly things and stall themselves out. I think the Patriots will go with a plotting style, and that I I think that Oakland will play giddy-up. That's why I kind of like the six. I don't think you're going to be able to, unless Derek Carr has that Derek Carr game. And let me describe a Derek Carr game so when it happens, I can go back to this and laugh at myself. Derek Carr will have a moment where he will dive for the goal line. The ball, not touched by anybody, will come out of his hands and roll out of bounds out of the back of the end zone, which results in a touchback and a turnover. Are you calling that for this game? I am saying that the only way this goes south for me is if that specific play happens. Okay. I I like you calling your shot. That's bold. I have watched him do it every year in a game where I've gone, you know, this offense looks pretty freaking good. And I go, if he just doesn't put a banana in the tailpipe, and then I watch him get out of the driver's seat, go to the trunk, Go through his groceries, grab the banana, shut the trunk, and tailpipe himself, and then floor it, and the whole thing blows up. And it is crazy as shit, and I'm telling you, he's got it in him, and and if that happens to me on Sunday, you know, fuck me. So yeah, I'm gonna cry if laughing that, if that exact play happens. Yeah, that's that's what'll get me if he if he turns out to just do it himself all right let's flip to i think this is now that yeah last two no there's two more two and o's before we get to the meat of it um two and o cardinals against the o and two lions uh let me start with this the spread is minus five and a half for the cardinals the cardinals only are given only five and a half should be your only answer to that because the <laughs> The Detroit defense is, a, is, is incapable. They're giving up 425 yards a game. They have given that up to Green Bay, put a bunch on them, and the Bears. So they've given up not 850 yards in two games against a team that really doesn't have an offense in the Bears, and then Green Bay, who just kind of did whatever they want, and, and it looked like they just were happy at half to walk away. Um, now they, they beat the mess out of them, but the Cardinals minus five and a half, I think that's a complete oversight. Give me the Cardinals minus five and a half all day long. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason to believe that the Lions are going to take this game unless you think that it's just uh, – one of those games, I guess. I, I don't know. With the Cardinals, you have a top five offense. No, I'm sorry. They're the number six offense so far in, t- in terms of yardage. Um, Detroit is middle of the pack. I don't really see anything from Detroit. Like you said, their defense hasn't been anything to even speak about. 
and Kyler Murray's been dicing defenses yep. up with both his arm and his leg. So if this spread is under a touchdown, I think I'm going to run and grab it right after we finish recording because you, I love that. You should get it now. It's an insane. Minus five and a half is insane. So I, I took that too. I'm like, come on now. Uh, I, I don't know what I'm getting baited into here. But a guy that takes back and maybe Vegas thinks that he makes a big difference in their in their offense, but I don't care. Galladay, I'll, I'll take the Cardinals. Yeah, that's going to get him more points, but I, I just still think I go. So Galladay makes you, you know. So the Vegas says a score. Here's what the Vegas says. Vegas says the score is going to be thirty-five twenty-nine. Right in there, six points over under fifty-five. Uh, I don't see the Lions scoring 27. I just don't see it. So uh, Sneakily, the Arizona Cardinals, again, only two games. One of yep. those games was against the Washington football team. But in terms of yardage, they're number seventh in the league right now, the seventh-ranked defense in terms of yardage allowed. So I don't feel good about an offense that hasn't looked that great scoring points on a defense that has looked pretty good. Yep. Then on the other side of the ball, your defense looks terrible, and the Cardinals' offense is humming. So I, I don't really see the argument for the Lions whatsoever. I don't really have much to add to this. I'm going to follow it up, though, with the next game also is has a, just a crazy spread that I can't get over. The Green Bay Packers play on Sunday night, the New Orleans Saints, and the Packers are getting three points. Now, I have all, I already have the Packers at plus four. That's what they opened at. I, th- I threw my head back laughing and fucking put the bet on them. The Green Bay Packers have been stomping into oblivion, everyone they face, and we just watched Drew Brees look like he was crawling out of a coffin. What am I missing here? I don't think you're missing anything. I don't know. Maybe Vegas is banking on the fact that they're hungry after the loss. I I really couldn't tell you because I like the Packers. And if the Packers are getting four points, then I think that's another bet that I need to jump on as soon as we finish recording here because I I haven't seen anything from Green Bay that that suggests that they're about to let up in this game or, or look bad in this game. Aaron Jones looks great. Aaron Rodgers looks great. And sneakily, their defense has been top 10 through two games, so I I don't really see it either. I don't know if it's sneakily. They were a good defense last year. They were a good defense last year. They might have snuck up on me. I think it's a good team that everyone went 13-3, and no chance. And I think, you know, we said that they were a bit fraudulent. But as we got closer to the season, I looked at Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I took them to win the division for plus money. I took their over. I said, I think this is going to be actually a good team that we go, you know, the thing is, you just got better as a team. So your 13-3 and three for last year was fraudulent. But maybe it's not going to be this year. So, th- you know, that's how a team just gets, oh, they'll regress. What if they get better? What if they actually are a 13-3 team? So I look at it and I go, I didn't have never seen Drew Brees look so fucking bad. Are the... Is New Orleans ready to make a change at 1-1? One one? This isn't New Orleans of old. That stadium is not going to be rocking. This is going to be Green Aaron Rodgers walking in there and walking them out. And I'm really, really, really shocked that they were getting four at the open. I don't see why they don't walk them out of this. Like, this is probably... So there's, there is a weekend in the NFL that I call Correction Sunday. I've heard a couple of people call it. 
where things even out. Something happens across the board. Normally, Correction Sunday is week four. This could be the Correction Sunday where everyone kind of thuds back to earth. I don't really, I don't really believe that. I'm going to go with what my eyes are telling me. But I like the Packers plus the points. I think, I just think that's a crazy bet. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to dice this Saints t- defense up. And I did not think the Saints uh, were going to put together a really good defense. So. So let me ask you this. The Packers are coming off of back-to-back 40-plus point performances. If their offense can relatively stay at this pace, I'm not expecting them to drop 40 every week, but you know what I mean. If the offense remains explosive, Aaron Jones keeps making plays, Rodgers keeps slanging that thing down the field, is there a little sneaky Aaron Rodgers MVP watch that we need to be paying attention to? I think when we talk about the MVP right now, you're really down to six players. And I don't think anyone's going to be able to get their way into this six. I think that's the six. I think it's Lamar and it's Mahomes. It's Russell Wilson. It's Josh Allen. It's Aaron Rodgers. And it's Kyler Murray. Those are the only six candidates I'm willing to accept. Now, those candidates in the next three weeks are probably going to weed themselves down to three, and then it'll be a dogfight. If Aaron Rodgers wants to get to the MVP, unfortunately, when we look at all six of those teams, the Ravens and Kansas City will play each other, but it won't necessarily dock the winner. There's a good chance people will go, yeah, like they did last year. Lamar won the MVP. They lose to the Chiefs. I think that that's still... You know, you could lose the Kansas City could lose to the Ravens and Mahomes still win MVP, right? So I think you're down to those six, and in the next four weeks, two are going to fall off. If Aaron Rodgers wants to stay up there, he's got to beat the Saints. You lose to the Saints, unfortunately, four of those three of these teams in the weekend are probably well, the, the Chiefs and the Ravens guaranteed one of them wins, the Cardinals probably win. Um, your other two and the other people that you're fighting against, the the um. The other MVP candidates, the Bills, Rams, if Josh Allen wins, he's going to move up to. So I really think that Aaron Rodgers, this is going to be a big statement game. It's Sunday Night Football. Uh, he's They feel a little disrespected by everyone, and I really think they're going to let everyone fucking know that. Checking out the Vikings, I'm sorry, not the Vikings, the Packers schedule over the next few weeks. I think they have a good chance of going on a little run here. They got the Saints this week, the shorthanded Saints, at least on offense. Yep. They followed that up with the Falcons, who can't stop a nosebleed. Right. Uh, they followed that one up with the Bucks. We'll see how the Bucks look at that point. They, to me, right now, the Bucks look a little middle of the roadish. Uh, they follow that up with the Texans, and then that with the Vikings. There's there's a nice little chance here to to build a maybe a six and one, seven and zero start. Yeah. And and from there, you know, you're going to be looking back at going, well, Aaron Rodgers, third MVP. You know, when we when I put these guys in buckets, it was Lamar, Aaron, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and, and I think right now when you're looking at it, they've got, they both, they all three of those teams have runways if you get through your week that you're, the team you're playing now to basically push this into a two, two-person race. Uh, so I really think that this is going to be a statement game. Okay, creme de la creme of games. This is an absolute treat. If you're a football fan, you know, where's the line in terms of someone comes up to you, Leo, and says, hey, I've got, 
this blank, but it's during the Monday NFL game. What does it have to be for you to do that other activity, overwatch this game? Now, the activity can't be, don't say, I got to go bail a friend out of jail, right? We're going to remove the legality thing. Someone's going to come up to you. We can pretend we're in a non-COVID world and says, I've got this other event from 8 until midnight on Monday. I'm going to go do that over watch this game. What is it that it would pull you away? You'd have to be presenting me to tickets to like a, an NBA finals game, uh, maybe even a playoff game. You know, if you presented yep. me with tickets and said, hey, I got great seats to go watch game five, Boston, Miami, I would be out. Uh, yeah. I would go and watch that game instead of week three, Chiefs, Ravens. But it would have to be something on that level of I, I can't pass this up. Yeah. A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, not a once-in-a-lifetime, but a a opportunity where you're going, hey, I'm going to turn it up for something more exclusive. I think this game's going to be insane. Uh, personally, my heart is taking over more than my head is for this game. Um, this Ravens team has been ridiculously good. In the last 14 games besides the playoff game, 14 regular season games, uh, how many quarters do you think the Ravens have trailed? You said excluding the postseason? Yes, which was terrible for me. <laughs> uh, how many quarters have they trailed in the last 14 games? Well, yeah. They probably haven't lost many of those games. So I'll help you with I'm that. They lost with... zero of those games. They've lost zero. Okay, so I'm going to go with two quarters. The answer is the Ravens have not trailed a single second of any of those games. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, holy shit is right. This is a really, really good fucking team. They have trailed zero fucking minutes in the last 14 games. That makes that playoff game a little more sweet. It's it is. It is sweet, and you should fucking cherish it because you're not doing it again. The Ravens have a. This is a better team than they had last year. They are only one position I can really say got worse, and that's Yonda being out of right guard really fucking hurts us, and we've got a weak spot there. But the we this game is going to be epic proportions. I believe the Ravens finally get over the hump with the Chiefs and win a 38-35 to absolute barn burner um, because I think that while the Ravens will get up on the Chiefs early, the Chiefs will turn that offense inside out. I'm not sure if the Ravens can get to Mahomes. Actually, I'm going to tailor this down to a 31-28 game, uh, and, and I, I really think the Ravens pull this one out. But the spread is 3.5. I know I just gave a three-point spread, but I would almost, if I wanted to bet on this game, I would almost want to just take Chiefs' money line. You think so? Chiefs' money line? I think if I'm going to bet anything in this game, it's going to be the over, over on 54. 54.5. Uh, both these teams, the, yeah. the offenses, they score points. We have maybe two of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL, at least two of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, I... I think that they're going to score points. I'm not sure who's going to win, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I like the Chiefs. I like the Ravens. I personally, I think that the Ravens are a bit better of a team, of, of a complete team. Uh, but 
if I'm putting money on this game, it's going to be on the over. I don't want my emotions tied to who wins this one. I just want to sit back on Monday and just enjoy the ride. Uh, that's kind of where. Well, I'm going to be. I'm going to be obliterated. I took off. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. That's a holiday. That's huh? a holiday, I'm, and it's going to be a holiday all day, and it's going to be a slow roll into Tuesday. But um, it 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 for me, this is a big game. This is one that I think the Ravens should be able to pull out and win. Uh, but but the Kansas City Chiefs are really freaking good. I mean, it's a good team, and they're going to be ready to play. I think both teams suffered a little bit from looking forward, but I, I think that this is the game where everything gets really gets heated up and, and turned on. So I think this is where the season kicks off for both teams. You know, they're cordial. I don't ever see them speak yeah. negatively about each other, but I feel like there is a budding rivalry between Mahomes and, and Lamar. Yep. And that is the reason why I won't turn my TV off of this channel on yep. Monday night because I, I kind of feel like Lamar, I won't say he doesn't like Mahomes, but I get the vibe that Lamar looks at Mahomes like, man, you ain't shit. Yeah, I think they both look at each, I, I think it's one of those Peyton, Tom, it's not there yet. But when we looked at Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, they always said nice things about each other, but you fucking know they circled that game every year when they played. You fucking know they were like, yes, 100% circled. <laughs> we're both fucking playing. You know, like, this is a big game. Uh, so um, I think that, I, I just think that's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Um, all right. So real quick, while we have the listeners here, I'll give a listener parlay out. Uh, this is a five-team parlay. Uh, not too many bells and whistles on it. Going to be kind of standard. It pays out 13 to 1. Uh, we're going to start with taking the over in the Miami game, over 48. Miami Jacksonville, just a little something, right? Then we're going to go with the over in the Dallas Cowboys Seattle at 55 and a half. Uh, we're going to take Green Bay plus three, and then we're going to close it out with Tampa Bay to win over the Denver Broncos and the Arizona Cardinals to win over the Detroit Lions. It's a 13 to one bet. Throw $5 on it. Throw whatever you're comfortable with. I've been putting a lot of these together. I don't think that'll last forever. Hoping to run another hot streak. But they're five-team parlay. Cardinals, Bucks on the money line. Packers plus three over in the Dallas game. Over in the Thursday night game. It'll give you something to watch throughout the weekend. If, if you hit Thursday, you, you got a little pep in your step going into Sunday. Uh, your Sunday morning, you just need the Bucks to win. Uh, you just need points in Dallas and Seattle, which is wonderful to root for. And you can close it out with the Cardinals to just beat Detroit. And then you get to watch the Packers plus three on Sunday night. It's it's a great, great little little sprinkling of fun. <laughs> last week I sat out on the bets. I didn't bet anything last weekend. Uh, I was a little tied up with school, so I didn't make it to, to put my bets in. But this week I'm going to put my money where my pod is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm going to bet that exact parlay that you just gave out. Let's see how it works out. Yeah, I'm excited about it. All right, any parting thoughts of the weekend before we close this out? I really hope that the Titans improved to 3-0. The last time that they were 3-0 was the 13-3 and season where they went on to lose to the Ravens after the bye. Uh, I'm glad we got you back for that last year. But yep. uh, I'm excited for that game. Uh, I want to see if the Titans are for real or not. That is coming up right around the corner. 
Um, you know, but for long, we'll be looking at week 10 going, ah, fuck. <laughs> you know, the tipping point where we're, we're well past and our team's going to be gearing up for the playoffs. It's a lot of fun. So you can find me on Pick and Play 37 on Twitter. You can find Leo Pick and Scroll. Uh, you can follow us on every single place you get your podcast. Look for the Pick and Play podcast. Rate, subscribe, review, give us feedback. Find us on Twitter. Hunt us down. Um, not in person. That's weird. Hunt us down on Twitter. <laughs> hey, no, but talk your shit. If talk you don't like shit. what we're saying, talk your shit on Twitter. I like that too. Yeah, that's fine with me. Uh, you know, fuck you. All right. What is it? <laughs> Little Wayne's line. Fuck me. No, fuck you. That's that's what we're doing here. So. Um, I, I hope that everyone out there is staying safe. Thanks for listening. Remember, rate, subscribe, review. Peace.